don't don't think that price is an indicator of quality. Uh, you know, I would definitely encourage people in America too to try and learn more about ingredients. So when they look at a label, uh, they can make a more educated opinion about whether or not a product is right for them. Hello, beauty. Yes, you. Join me, host. Joyce Platon, as I chat with today's beauty, wellness, and lifestyle visionaries. Let's discover their motivating journey together as I merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hello Beauty. I'm your host, Joyce Platon, and today's special guest is Ricky Ashman. Ricky is the co-founder of Even Prime. Even Prime is a next-generation, high-quality skincare product suitable for all skin types, and they're also affordable. Welcome to Hello Beauty, Ricky. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Looking at your products, and I've actually been using them since we first met in your launch, and it transports me back to like my childhood, 90s Asian pop culture. And I do remember that as an eight-year-old, I would go home from school, turn the TV on, play Street Fighter, and then make sure that I beat Saget. Go at the very end of the, <laughs> the level. And of course, I grew up with four brothers and I was immersed with like Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, Macross. So definitely your brand is like, I pretty much have like a close affinity to it. So talk to me about how the 90s Asian pop culture relates, and, relates to your brand. And at the same time, why is it so important today? Yeah, so I think as you were mm -hmm. saying, we were also both Ko and I grew up in the 90s. And as children of the 90s, we were exposed to everything from Sailor Moon and Dragon mm -hmm. Ball Z and even video games like Final Fantasy or oh, Street yeah. Fighter. And I think growing up in a small town in America, you know, when you don't have maybe the internet and social media yeah. like we do now, there's not that much to do. So for us, you know, that was our source of recreation back mm -hmm. then. And when we were looking at things to inspire the the brand aesthetic, uh, both Ko and I were we originally met actually working in the video game industry for a mm -hmm. social media startup for for mobile gamers, mm -hmm. and we both really connected on two things: uh, our love of anime and video games, and skincare. So sort of a coincidental <laughs> uh, chance encounter. But uh, in thinking about the brand. Uh, we were looking at how uh, luxury fashion brands like Louis Vuitton were starting to do collaborations with Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. uh, most recently, Louis Vuitton just used music from Final Fantasy VIII in their yeah. runway show this year. And they've done some other collaborations in the past. And Final Fantasy's collaborated with Prada and uh, so on. And I, I think they just did something with um, this uh, British designer. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Vivian Westwood. Yes. Um, but we we thought that this was sort of an interesting tension where, you know, the fashion industry used to sort of preclude the gamer culture. And back in the 90s, you know, nerd culture was somewhat taboo. You didn't really speak about it, yeah. even if you enjoyed it. <laughs> and I think as we, as we grew older, we realized that more and more people like us, uh, whether they were in gaming or not, were, were inspired by Sailor Moon or, or video games from from their childhood. So so we thought it would be fun to imbue the brand with this sense of 90s culture. And we we really wanted to start this conversation that uh, other people out there are doing interesting things in the world, whether they're in music or in fashion or in skincare, uh, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And we all sort of share this 
uh, I guess, love of of 90s or, or Asian culture mm -hmm. from the 90s. Yeah, that's amazing. So your background is a creative strategist, which connects like millennials and Gen Zs to brands. Talk to me about your journey and starting Even Prime. And why did you think about exploring the skincare industry and not, you know, just go further in the gaming industry? I uh, joined Co Kim, who's our founder, a little mm -hmm. over a year and a half ago. Uh, Co had already launched the beta version of Even Prime. And at mm -hmm. the time, the brand was mostly focused on minimalist skincare, and we were targeting uh, men. However, uh, the more we uh, learned about our customer and learned about the industry, we, we realized that we would have more opportunity targeting uh, a younger segment and, and pursuing a unisex skincare mm -hmm. formulation. So we quickly pivoted to higher quality formulas when we were uh, working on the second batch of the formulas designed for all uh, genders, races, and like, as mm -hmm. we like to say, celestial beings, because we have this sort of <laughs> sci-fi yeah. uh, inspiration. Um, as for my own background, uh, I grew up in New Orleans. Uh, as I like to say, it's a small town with a big personality. So so back then, uh, there, there wasn't that much going on. Obviously, the city has amazing uh, history and culture, but as a kid, you don't, you don't, you, you sort of take it for granted. Uh, so from a young age, I knew I wanted to get out and travel the world. So the first opportunity I had was in high school. I had the opportunity to go to Taiwan and study Chinese mm -hmm. opera, and that sort of began this long-term relationship with Asia, um, where I started to get introduced to Asian skincare products, just sort of naturally. Obviously, in in performing art, you have a lot of makeup on mm -hmm. your face when you're on stage. So as a guy from the south, uh, <laughs> back I guess in the uh, early 2000s, I had to learn about makeup removal and kind of keeping my skin breakout free yes. so that I looked good and <laughs> on stage and in photos, you know, pre social media. Um, and uh, anyway, sort of this this uh, desire to get out and see see the world manifested in a couple ways. Um, not only did I go to uh, Taiwan, I moved around the U.S. I went to college in D.C. and studied business there. Uh, and then I uh, was able to uh, study abroad in Japan. I went to Waseda University, which is sort of like their, their Harvard. It's a very oh, prestigious nice. university. Mm -hmm. And during my time in Japan as a student, I was also signed by the top men's modeling agency oh. in Tokyo, so, <laughs> which again was sort of this surreal experience for some kid from this obviously everyone knows new orleans but it really yes. is a small town so i really had no idea what i was doing <laughs> but of course uh i get signed to model with this amazing agency and all the other models are mm -hmm. super established male models from europe and america and uh going to castings was very nerve-wracking uh -huh. so i was i did a lot of research uh online to see you know what products i could use to make sure that I didn't have a breakout or that mm -hmm. I you know, looked good and presentable because when you're going to a casting, you're sort of selling yes. yourself uh, to a casting director or to the client. Yeah, how and did you embrace that? You know, you, you mentioned that coming from a small town in New Orleans, I'm pretty sure that that wasn't talked about, skincare for boys, or right? Yeah, I think, mm -hmm. you know, the, the South definitely has a reputation mm -hmm. for, for maintaining certain mm -hmm. gender norms. And yes. I would say... For, for whatever reason, I benefited from having a mother who was very encouraging, uh, not only of, 
you know, for me, but also for my siblings uh, to get involved in skincare at a young age. So mm -hmm. my mother was initially buying us products. And I think her perspective was like, all right, if you're concerned about a breakout in, in school here, I'm just going to buy you yeah. a product, you know, uh -huh. use this face wash, or if you're really worried about it, use a little bit of concealer. <laughs> and I think that was great to have a mm -hmm. mom that, that wasn't, you know, discouraging something yeah. just because, you know, at the time, you know, it might have been seen as, you know, weak for a guy to yeah. use concealer. But I think at, at the end of the day, if something's going to make you feel a little bit more confident about yourself, uh, I don't think there should be any stigma for it. And, and I think that's we're starting true. to it's see very, that now. Yes, yeah. I know the good thing we've really come a long way. But that's the thing. I know from friends that, you know, coming from small towns, they actually did go to dermatologists like as a boy, a young boy. And but it just wasn't talked about how girls are more open about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely there are definitely times mm -hmm. where uh, I would steal products from my sister because yeah. I was too embarrassed mm -hmm. to, to uh, ask uh, my mom to get me uh a certain type of product uh, because I, I mean th there was still that sensitivity yes. um but uh and i remember you know this cartoon doug there was an episode where he had you know a breakout <laughs> and his sister was trying to use concealer to cover it up and and the moral of the story was you know don't be you know don't be bothered by your imperfections and i think yeah. i think that's a good moral right i think everyone should sort of embrace that we're not perfect and when you see advertisements, they're obviously even even lighting in a shoot, you know, changes the way that people's sure. faces are and skin sort mm -hmm. of looks. So I think there's, you know, a certain component where, you know, we don't necessarily need a ton of products. Yeah. And, and a lot of guys, I think, even now sort of come from this perspective of, all right, I'm down to do something. I just don't want to do a million things. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I guess, yeah, anyway, circling back to the yeah. South, I think my mom was very encouraging. And I, uh, I later found out that she wanted to work in uh, the beauty industry. So that might have been why she was so <laughs> yeah. encouraging of it. Uh, she was a head packaging engineer for Coca-Cola. And uh, she was looking at a, a job, I think, at Mary Kay Cosmetics in mm. Texas, where we were living uh, as young kids. But my sister was born. And she was <laughs> telling me once that uh, uh, had my sister not been born, uh, she probably would have gone into cosmetics. And for the yeah. longest time... <laughs> She was telling people after my sister graduated college that my sister was going to go and work in the cosmetic industry. That's interesting. And somehow I've ended up in it. So it's sort of uh, yeah. a strange occurrence. But So it's naturally just, in a sense, embedded in you while growing up, which that's why you probably ended up being, you know, exploring the skincare category instead of furthering in the gaming industry. Right, right. Yeah. And I guess for me, you know, I, I obviously was a consumer of video games as a kid, and it was something that sort of introduced me to a new community. Mm. Um, and I was definitely that weird kid who, I don't think any of my friends growing up knew this, but was designing websites for video game fan sites and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think through living in Japan and getting introduced to the fashion industry during college, uh, that, that opened my eyes to sort of a newer industry. Mm. And I started connecting the dots between Sailor Moon, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, uh, illustrator of Sailor Moon was referencing a lot of 80s and 90s fashion in the character designs. And then even in Final Fantasy, you know, there's this authentic, uh, I think, storytelling component where in designing a character, you have to think about the clothing. True. In Final Fantasy, you, you look at the character designs and they're very reminiscent of Alexander McQueen mm -hmm. or Mugler. 
So very fanciful, but back in the early 2000s, that I think was why everyone was starting to get interested in fashion yeah. again. Um, so after moving back to the States from Japan, I ended up working in the fashion industry uh, first. And while I sort of always wanted to work in the video game industry, that sort of happened later once I moved to LA. Uh -huh. uh, and I've sort of transitioned back, but I thought, you know, with Even Prime, both Ko and I, you know, wanted to meld our two interests into one world. So we wanted to build a bridge and connect people instead of having them be these two disparate communities. That's true. What does Even Prime mean? And really, what is the concept behind it? So the name Even Prime originally derives from the number two, which is the only Even Prime number. And Co had developed this on her own. She initially started the brand with her younger brother. And for her, you know, she, as a Korean American, was always in tune with uh, K-beauty uh, and Asian skincare. But she was noticing that her younger brothers, uh, as, as younger American men, we're really struggling finding products because the industry here is really marketed at women and really focused just on anti-acne, anti-wrinkle. Mm -hmm. But if you're a guy, and especially if you're a guy who's suffering from you know, eczema or uh, hormonal acne or something like that, it's kind of scary because there is no guidance for you and you really have to look at uh, maybe the women in your life to help you. So you know, for her, she had a lot of empathy in the beginning of the brand and uh, initially started as you know two siblings launching the yeah. company and then her brother decided to eventually go and pursue uh something else and, mm -hmm. at which point co came to me and was like hey so remember how we used to talk about fashion and skincare and <laughs> video games would you want to would you want to join us um but uh we were when i joined you know I, I wanted you know to make sure that even prime was a product that i would actually use because as I was saying, the, the brand was initially launched for men. Mm -hmm. uh, but even as a guy myself, I don't use a single product marketed for men. And I think once you start getting into skincare and learning more about the industry, there's this feeling that a for men's product, especially those three-in-one products uh, yeah. that, that are, are becoming more notorious in the drugstore, <laughs> uh, you know, we kind of feel that they're inferior. So uh, that was part of the reason why we transitioned to unisex because we didn't really think that there needed to be any sort of, you know, gender in True. in skincare. At least for us, because we're yeah. we're primarily selling uh, skincare essentials, not mm -hmm. nothing particularly targeted to a certain need that that may preclude a guy or a girl or mm -hmm. or someone who identifies in between. Because That's we're true. with younger consumers, people are a lot more fluid and experimental, which I think is great. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. So in in revamping the brand, um, I had been gifted uh, a vintage poster from one of the Macross movies, mm -hmm. which I think was actually directed by uh, the same director who did Cowboy Bebop. And I only found this out recently. So too, yeah. um, but it's this beautiful watercolor print. And you really wouldn't read anime uh, from it. It's just a very beautiful sketch of, of the original concept art. And uh, I had this in my room and I was looking at it one day when Ko and I were experimenting and doing research on the the new branding and i was like wait a minute even prime kind of sounds like the name of a giant robot you yeah. know from transformers mm -hmm. obviously there's optimus prime yeah or evangelion because yeah. there's unit two which is was my favorite uh robot from the mm -hmm. evangelion franchise which netflix just re-released which is cool but uh so i started talking with Ko. i was like wait all right let hear me out what if we <laughs> 
uh, imbue the brand with this sort of sci-fi uh, component. And I'd also been watching a lot of Star Trek The Next Generation yeah. <laughs> on Netflix, which um, I think for me was sort of like, you know, anime is a little bit nerdy, but Star Trek, I feel like is a bit deeper down the rabbit hole. <laughs> but uh, I started watching it and, and this was just a couple years ago. And it was it's really aesthetic because it really has this beautiful 90s vision of what mm -hmm. the future was going to look like. And a little bit of the 80s, like a lot of pastels yeah. and minimalist sci-fi sets. And so uh, I remember how uh, Gucci or Alejandro Michel for Gucci did a campaign referencing Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about, again, Louis Vuitton and Final Fantasy. And I was like, OK, wait a minute. We could actually turn even Prime into something uh, where, where we have an authentic voice as, you know, gamers and anime fans. Um, and it's it's been sanctioned as cool now by the mainstream fashion industry. So we won't be alienating anyone. We didn't really want to be skincare for gamers. We wanted yeah. to be skincare inspired by the people inspired by uh, anime and video games. So a, <laughs> a little different. Um, but uh, but yeah, that sort of led to the the current iteration of the brand. And uh, the name sort of birthed this idea of skincare inspired by the future. So in imagining this aesthetic, we were asking ourselves, what would a skincare product look like in the world of Star Trek mm. or Final Fantasy or Macross or Evangelion? Yeah. So, so that was sort of the the evolution of even prime as it stands uh, now that's so cool um and then you mentioned skincare for gamers but you don't want to be labeled as that so that's an interesting interesting concept because when i first met you in your lunch you did mention this and also the people that um you know that supported you in that event and so talk to me about this new t different type of influencers that even prime is interested in because you know starting your brand somehow part of marketing that we have to tap into influencers but i feel like you your brand is playing a different game yeah so i think you know i first became aware of this working in the fashion industry because i would work on campaigns for clients and i've worked with a lot of luxury brands over the years and i would find that other people on set whether it was the models or the creative director mm -hmm. or the fashion designers um you know we would start talking and inevitably somehow the conversation would skew to you know, our experience in Japan and love of Pokemon or Sailor yeah. Moon. I mean, I yeah. think there's a couple uh, signifiers of these communities. Everyone loves Sailor Moon, Dragon mm -hmm. Ball Z, mm -hmm. Naruto, Evangelion, so on and so forth. Yeah. There, there, there's a couple, uh, you know, we're not going super niche into, into <laughs> these worlds. But, um, but uh, it, it got me thinking that, you know, it's really interesting that no one in the fashion industry is really talking about how so many people have this source of inspiration because, you know, I think, you know, uh, video games sort of had this um, reputation as being made for for young boys. And, and and what we're seeing now is that younger younger consumers, whether they're a guy or a girl, they're all playing games. And though I think there are some, you know, latent issues in the gaming industry where, you know, things are a little over-sexualized, uh, the industry itself is getting a lot more savvy with creating content for different genders mm -hmm. and being more inclusive of diversity and sexuality. Uh, so I think that's really beautiful. And I think that's helped evolve and, and allow new types of consumers to, to become comfortable uh, with gaming. Same with uh, the ease of uh, gaming on a mobile phone. Mm -hmm. I think it sort of started with Angry Birds, yeah. um, but, but almost everyone in Gen Z, or so they say, so statistically, uh, 
a huge portion of, of Gen Z is playing some form of uh, video game right now. I was working on this campaign for a LA sneaker brand, and we hired all of these uh, young, uh, upcoming creatives in hip hop and mm-hmm. uh, in film and in uh, different forms of of life, I guess. And uh, we didn't intentionally construct the campaign to start talking about video games or mm-hmm. anime, but we just set up these interviews and we were asking all of these young kids, all right, what, what inspired you? You know, mm-hmm. what, what sort of led you to, uh, you know, where you are today? And it was really interesting because almost every single one of them, and they're very different people, you know, one was an Instagram comedian, this guy King Vader, and he'll do these uh, short skits that are sort of reimagining video games or anime, but from a uh, hood, quote unquote, hood uh, <laughs> yeah. perspective. So he'll do something called Hood Naruto, or he did one on Cowboy oh, Bebop, and yeah. it's it's kind of kitschy, but it, yeah, it's yeah. it's actually pretty clever and really funny. So he was sort of talking about inspiration behind what he did, which was Dragon Ball Z and Naruto. And then we had a female rapper from New York named Leaf talking about Sailor Moon and oh, Kill a Kill and how her fashion and music videos were sort of inspired by Japanese culture. And then uh, another guy, Keenan Lonsdale, who was uh, a actor and uh, one of the uh, superhero shows about the Flash, um, and he's sort of been segueing into a music career. But he was a huge Final Fantasy fan and mm-hmm. huge fan of Kingdom yeah. Hearts. <laughs> so it's just really interesting that they were all talking about this. So um, when when Co and I started working together in for this video game startup, you know, we we were trying to explain to older people in the video game industry that there is this new type of consumer who is part of mainstream culture, but likes video games versus it being, I think, you know, that South Park, that famous South Park cliche of the guy in his basement yeah. with <laughs> terrible skin and eat empty bags of chips everywhere. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, uh, the new type of gamer is a very um, aesthetic, interesting, multicultural person. Uh, is that where next gen the tagline of your next generation comes? Yeah, in, so skincare. so you know, and and that's definitely a play on on Star Trek, of course, mm-hmm. but also the idea that you know we've entered this new. Obviously, Gen Z is known for mm-hmm. you know being super connected, and in fact, I think one of the the key facts about them is that they're spending more on skincare and beauty products than even clothing right now. Oh my gosh, and that's, that's possibly true. because we've hit peak uh, yeah. fast fashion where we all have too much in our wardrobes yeah. now. Um, but uh. But yeah, I think I think that was sort of what where we were headed with our our customer base, and you know we we were looking at ways to differentiate in the beauty industry, and it just seemed like no one else was doing anything like this. So we thought this would be a mm-hmm. great way to be true to ourselves, um, but stand out a little bit uh, yes. and have fun because yeah. I think it, you know we don't want to take it too seriously. And totally, we we say we're not skincare for gamers because we we're not trying to. Uh, alienate anyone and I and I think skincare for gamers kind of sounds like that you know uh, uber nerd uh, in the base in the parents basement and, and you know we've we've transcended that now yeah. I, I don't think that person really exists anymore so uh, w- whether you casually play games or just aesthetically like vaporwave uh, you know references on yeah. SoundCloud when you're looking at mm-hmm. you know SoundCloud music uh, you know I think I think anime and video games can sort of be digestible by everyone, whether or not you're a hardcore gamer yeah. or, or not. 
I think that's the beauty about today's world. It's like you can, you know, dabble here and there yeah. with different types of genres and interest. So I've read that one of your, your even Prime's main mission is to create environmentally smart products. Can you talk to me more about this? When we were deciding to focus on younger consumers, that was, of course, uh, something that we felt had to be uh, you know, a huge component of the brand. And that's one of our three tenets of our mission is promoting environmentally responsible mm. uh, behavior. I think it's hard you know, to open Facebook or Instagram or the news right now and not see something about how you know, you know, climate change is, is real and a huge problem that you know, we're going to face for the next few generations. So uh, you know, we're small, so our, at the moment, our, our, our reach and our ability to, to cause much change is limited to education components and optimizing our product to be as eco, uh, or eco-conscious as possible. Um, but, uh, as far as what we've done, uh, our boxes are, are made from FSC certified paper, which means they come from sustainable forests. So, mm-hmm. you know, no, no rainforests are being cut down to make our paper. Mm-hmm. Um, we also use an eco-friendly ink. Mm-hmm. So the packaging is very, uh, safe to recycle, uh, and won't necessarily just become landfill waste. Uh, we do use plastic packaging, which is something that we're planning to phase out as we grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, our formulas are currently small batch, which means that we just don't create the minimums needed to have custom packaging. So once we sort of grow to that level, uh, we fully intend to uh, phase out plastic into um, a better biomaterial. But at the moment, there isn't a readily available uh, option for a small brand aside from glass. But in looking at glass, uh, it's, it's a lot heavier uh, than plastic. So in shipping a glass product from Korea to America, your, your shipping footprint and, and the carbon created in that process uh, is possibly worse for the environment than using recyclable uh, plastic packaging. And, and of course, our plastic packaging is fully recyclable. So, so we've done a lot to optimize our shipping process so that our, our boxes and our product is lightweight enough to have a really low impact on the environment. Another thing that's important is, uh, again, even though we have plastic packaging, uh, we're currently working with an organization called 1% for the Planet mm-hmm. uh, to give back. And we're donating to charities that work to reduce ocean plastic. Uh, because, uh, you know, we want to have an open conversation with customers and say, you know, we definitely see that there is a problem in the world with plastic uh, pollution. But at the same time, in creating a good product, we're using medical grade plastic that's been tested over the years mm-hmm. uh, to maintain the structure and the quality of the product. So uh, we didn't feel comfortable using something that that might lead to an inferior result. But at the same time, we want to make sure that uh, you know we're not creating more unnecessary waste uh, in the world. Mm-hmm. So trying to to maintain an equilibrium and, and a balance in, in what we do. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And if you have if you were given the chance to have a billboard anywhere and you could put anything on it, what would it be and why? I think uh as a as someone who comes yeah. from the uh advertising world, uh and I've done quite a few billboards in my life, <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking about um and usually they're sort of scrappy because 
we'll do uh, you, one of the companies that I worked for in New York is an agency called Map Projects, and mm-hmm. it was sort of interesting. We when when I joined, I was one of their first hires, and I eventually became their art director. But we were one part of content creation agency for luxury brands mm-hmm. uh, doing photo and video and experiential content. But then we also did our own music festivals, mm-hmm. and we would do some strategic work for. Uh, brands wanting to activate at music festivals mm-hmm. around the world, um, but uh, so so we've done some scrappy billboards for <laughs> customers or for people when they're on the route to a music festival, and I've always found that sort of interesting. But I I think I think if I if I were to be truly honest, doing one billboard would be tough. But if if I could have a couple billboards uh-huh. near each other, I love when you're driving down the highway and you see a couple and. And this goes back to being in the South when you're driving mm-hmm. from Louisiana to Mississippi. They have these billboards for casinos and each oh, billboard yeah. is sort of a different thing. As that, you get closer to yeah, that it's like venue. Cirque du Soleil <laughs> yeah. is, you know, here, you know, and then there's five billboards selling mm-hmm. you Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> but um, I think that would be kind of fun to play with, like uh, maybe uh, three or four different little pieces of the Even Prime story that we could tell people. And I think that we probably would want to be a little bit weird with it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we have the sci-fi theme. So I think doing something with aliens, uh, you know, maybe maybe not advertising an Area 51 festival, (laughs) uh, you know, that 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 obviously just happened. And we were laughing because Matt is also uh, famous for doing the video campaign mm-hmm. for Fire Festival, yeah. um, which happened after I left. So I, I am in no way responsible for the uh, <laughs> the mess that was Fire Festival. But, uh, you know, Area 51 obviously was, you know, referencing that. Uh, but I think maybe playing off of that tension mm-hmm. uh, would be kind of funny for Even Prime. Uh, I think just having fun with it. And and uh, I don't know, definitely something with aliens on a billboard. Yeah. Um, Definitely on brand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Quickly talk to me about your skincare routine, day yeah. and night, including products. Yeah. So so I guess, uh, you know, even though I'm a guy, my skincare routine has been evolving since I was mm. a high school student. Mm. Uh, and I remember in Japan going online at night and reading, you know, as blogs were sort of just becoming the thing, you know, a men's skincare blog and Polish Choice was sort of the brand oh, yeah. coming out at the moment. Um, <laughs> But uh, honestly, I was converted to K-Beauty a couple of years ago through a friend who's a makeup artist in New York, and uh, it transformed my skin. And I, I, I want to like tout Japanese products because I lived in Japan, and I love them, and I love Japanese packaging. It's so beautiful. But uh, uh, Korea really has uh, some great skincare science, and I think for Even Prime, you know, our, you know, we're next generation skincare, but our second tagline is smarter science, better ingredients. So... So almost everything in my routine right now is Korean skincare. So mm-hmm. in the morning, I'll start off with uh, just washing my face and sort of depending on whether or not I went out the night before or, or uh, you know, if I'm in a hurry, I might just wash my face with cold water. Um, but if if I feel like I need sort of a deeper clean, like if mm-hmm. I put on a, a mask overnight, yeah. I'll use our cleanser. Uh, it's a very gentle cleanser. Um, and I would say the Even Prime product line is is primarily geared for the day routine. So most of my morning routine is using our product. So start with the cleanser. Uh, Once I get out of the shower, I'll spray my face with our face mist. And uh, 
I was excited when working on our formulas to include this ingredient, uh, Galactomyces, which is the same ingredient that's in SK2. And I'd actually had SK2 as a client <laughs> a couple of years ago and, and received their product, uh, you know, when we were working on an event for them. And uh, I really believe in this ingredient. There's a lot of science mm -hmm. behind it. And it's cool because it's derived from the sake mm -hmm. process. So I used to use SK2, but now that we have it and we're way more affordable than <laughs> yeah. SK2, um, I just spray my face with our mist. And then when my face is still damp, I'll put on our moisturizer. Because I mm -hmm. think what a lot of people don't realize is that moisturizer isn't really moisturizing your face. Mm -hmm. It's just locking in moisture. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of a, a misleading descriptor. Um, but this was something that I learned as I started to dig, dig deeper into the skincare industry. So I'll put on our moisturizer and then depending on whether or not I'm going to be out in the sun, and usually that's the case because we're in LA, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll use a uh, light uh, sunblock that I have from a brand called Innisfree, which is mm -hmm. another famous Korean brand. Um, but I have super sensitive skin and I'm highly allergic to Ave, Ave Benzone or Ave Benzene, whatever it's mm -hmm. called, that's used in American sunblock. And... Uh, I think one of the reasons why I've shifted away from American products is that there is such a lack of regulation. And sunblock is kind of interesting where, you know, mainstream skincare really has no regulation. There, there hasn't really been any changes in 80 years in America. Uh, but sunblock, I think, had some regulations in like the 70s about what constituted yeah. um, SPF. But uh, I'm turns out I'm super allergic to it. And <laughs> You know, a lot of American sunblocks are forced to use science from the 70s oh, gosh, in America. Yeah. So, so I've really loved using uh, Korean sunblock because it doesn't give me any breakouts. It doesn't give me a rash. And most of them are, are mineral based, which I think is, which is yeah. you know, healthier for your skin. So that pretty much sums up my, my day routine. I, I think pretty simple. It's just yeah. four steps. Um, Easy is good. Yeah, I mean, more yeah. efficient. Um, nighttime is a little bit more complicated because uh, <laughs> we live in LA and uh -huh. LA is a dry climate. Uh, so I'll wash my face, and if I have a lot of sunblock on, I'll sometimes do a double cleanse because mm. our cleanser is very gentle. And I I recommend female friends who do wear a lot of makeup to maybe do a, a two step cleanse. Start off with an oil cleanser, mm -hmm. and uh, Co just recently introduced me to Vanilla Co's cleansing balm. Oh my god! And I don't know if you've ever tried it. <laughs> no, but, but I've uh, heard of it. It's like I it's love like, cleansing balms. It's absolutely mm -hmm. amazing, and I feel like every cleansing balm mm -hmm. out there is copying them because really? theirs is super inexpensive, amazing ingredients, and it goes on your face like butter. It it, it like melts oh. on your skin. It is so. Uh, it's such a great sensation. Um, yeah. I I tell everyone to try this and it's on Amazon. So I'll, everyone, yeah, everyone send me the link. Yeah. Not to shamelessly plug someone else's brand. <laughs> it's but fine. It's a good product. No, that's good. Um, I agree. I mean, for the longest time I use Shuyamura's cleansing oils. Yeah. They have like different kinds, but I know, you know, with the technology nowadays, yeah. there are dupes in a sense. There yeah. are more affordable versions of the Shuyamura cleansing oils. And I love, and, and I think a DH, uh, T or DHC, I, I can never remember, but there's other Japanese cleansing oils out there that are amazing. And, I don't think you necessarily need any particular one, just, you know, one that doesn't have lavender oil in it, because mm. I don't think, you know, essential oils are the best for yeah. sensitive skin. I mean, we can also use coconut oil, which yeah, is absolutely yeah. cheap. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, so so sometimes I'll do that if I if I feel like I am, my face has a lot of stuff on it. Um, otherwise, I'll just use our cleanser again. And then 
I'll use our mist, but here's sort of where my routine changes. I'll incorporate a serum and uh, Co also introduced me to this brand, Monio Factory. <laughs> and uh, oh, I, I see that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a great brand. And Co has some app from Korea that's all in Korean. So I have to rely on her to oh translate gosh, I'm it. I'm jealous. For me. But, <laughs> but they basically, it's all consumer ranking mm. of the best products in the market. So it'll tell you what the top uh, serum for pores are. And, you know, that. for me as a guy, pore size has really been a primary Ugh, concern. That's so, my issue. <laughs> so uh, I love Manufactory. They have a Galactomyces yes, serum. Yes, I did. And, yeah. And I think with, with Galactomyces, uh, the, my understanding of it is that the more you put on your face, the better. Mm. And and the story behind it was that these uh, elderly sake workers were, or, or so, somehow as Japanese scientists were going around looking for new ingredients yeah. and they saw that the sake workers had younger looking hands yeah. relative to their older skin. <laughs> anyway, so I, that sounds like they were exposed to it all the time. So I think for the ingredient to work, you really need a lot of it. So I use the Galactomyces serum after our mist, which also has Galactomyces in it. And then um, I guess uh, if I'm, I, I guess in, uh, that's pretty much my yeah. nighttime routine. And I'll, I'll use a, a nighttime uh, heavier moisturizer just because LA is so dry and your skin does most of its healing at night. So I, mm -hmm. I like Manio Factory's um, uh, Galactomyces Rich Cream. Mm -hmm. And I used to use SK2s, but uh, I recently ran out of it. So I switched over yeah. to Manio Factory's. It's a lot more affordable. And SK2, and, and, and they might have changed this recently, but they still contain parabens, which, mm, yes. which is, and, and I think, you know, parabens get a bad rap, but uh, I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to, scare anyone into thinking you know certain you know anything with with chemistry is bad because parabens are are not the worst thing out there uh and usually they're in such small forms um and and there's actually not that much testing on uh the paraben that that sk2 uses they use methyl paraben and it's pretty common in japanese skincare mm -hmm. um it, it's not the worst thing yes. that's out there so i, I don't want to you know degrade them but uh they of do course. have it so if you're trying to avoid it Manufactory is sort of a better uh, product if you mm -hmm. want a night cream with Galactomyces that doesn't have, uh, you know, certain ingredients. Um, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much my routine. And then depending on a day of the week, I'll throw in a different uh, exfoliator. Obviously, as a guy with shaving, you kind of yeah. have to keep up on that. And I'll use a powder exfoliant. And I used to use one from a Japanese brand called Yojia, which... It's like several, if not a hundred years old. It's it's quite an old brand from Kyoto, and I think their story was it's what the geisha used to use, and they're famous for their blotting yeah. paper. Uh, but they do a rice based uh, exfoliant powder, which is really nice. Um, or I'll use Caudalie. They have a glycolic mask, mm -hmm. which which is really good. And Caudalie also works with One Percent for the Planet, which is nice. Which I love cool. them. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a great brand. That's cool. Well, here at Hello Beauty, we have a philosophy. It's say hello to the beauty in you. What advice can you give those who are trying to discover their beauty within? I think, I guess my perspective is don't ever feel like you need to spend a lot of money on looking good. I think if you do your research, you can find brands out there that that do what you need them to do uh, without you know the markup of a luxury brand where you're paying for marketing and packaging and and the prestige of owning it, but that doesn't necessarily make it a good product. So, you know, when you go to a Sephora or wherever you, you know, shop for beauty, don't don't think that price is an indicator of quality. Uh, you know, 
I would definitely encourage people in America too to try and learn more about ingredients. So when they look mm -hmm. at a label, uh, they can make a more educated opinion about whether or not a product is right for them. Um, and, and that was something that I, I learned, you know, as a result of being a redhead and having super sensitive skin. My sister was diagnosed with uh, uh, a form of melanoma. So mm -hmm. and she's the only red, non-redhead in the family. So that got us all mm -hmm. really uh, engaged in reading ingredients from a young age. And I can't stress the value of that. And, and consumers in Asia are already uh, trained to sort of be more educated when they're buying products. So I think, I think that's a great, easy thing to do that doesn't require any special training. Just go online and, and read uh, glossaries of, of different ingredients for the brands you like and just start slowly building your knowledge base. Yeah, I love that. What is something exciting in store for you and or Even Prime? I think, you know, for the next steps with Even Prime, we are looking at developing uh, new products. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're already starting to see demand for the line and, and looking at placing the next batch. So that's exciting, mm -hmm. you know, seeing that level of success, even though we are such a young brand. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, the next step of the journey is just figuring out what, what that next big product is going to be. Um, we, we have so many ideas. Uh, it's just a matter of sort of crystallizing them and it, you know, we're small, so we have to be choosy with, with what we do. But, uh, for me as a creative, I think the, the, the packaging design process and the formulation design process is pretty exciting. So mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to, to more product developments as we grow and scale and, you know, connect with our consumer. Oh, I'll definitely watch out for those. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank so you. where can they find you online? Uh, right now we are available on our website, which is just evenprime.co and Amazon. Mm -hmm. And we're hoping to build out, uh, you know, to become more available uh, uh, with different uh, retailers as we grow. But again, I think that's sort of the next step in the life cycle of a brand. Yeah. You know, validate that we are actually a good yes. product. Uh, and then we can sort of go and, and figure out you know, which retailers are the right fit for us and our consumer. Yeah. What are your social channels? Uh, Even Prime and Co. is our Instagram. And I believe our Facebook is also the same. But mm -hmm. we're primarily on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And just keeping it simple right now, uh, I'm managing our social accounts. So I yeah. try not to do Twitter and Snapchat <laughs> and TikTok and all that quite yet. But uh, definitely look for us on uh, social media if you like aesthetic uh, anime imagery and and space inspired fashion and stuff yeah i definitely love your page <laughs> thank yeah. you well ricky thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me oh my gosh i had so much fun yeah, see this you was soon awesome. yeah cheers <laughs>